Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know my badass bitch, my big baller, Master John Lord Baller Johnny Hotcake. Yay, me! We are here. That John, was loud. That it's was echoing loud. in here. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in the dungeon. You do this to me. I know I you do. You do it. You, you, you set me up. Hoping that I'm just going to be stupid. But I don't make you piss your pants when you screech. No, I do that for fun. Yes, okay. I started a little. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not talking about shit today. No, we're not. That is a typical topic we usually discuss. (laughs) It usually creeps in. We got it in. It does. We got it into the episode. Yes, yes. Moving on. (laughs) So tonight we have a special guest. Yes. Yes. We have Mr. Blade. Blade. That's a badass name. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She told me your name was Blade. I was like, "Oh, that's a great fet name. What's his real name?" She's like, "No, that's Blade." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I won't forget it. You know, whether or not you care to divulge your fet life name is entirely up to you. Well, you know, I don't use it enough for it to really matter. I suppose that's true. That's uh, true. Viking chef. Well, I don't. I probably should change that. It's just been around for so long. At this. Point. And you're a chef. This is true. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just uh, I feel like my. Uh, self-identity has grown since my time to the, the time that I wanted so hard to just identify ancestry with. Yeah, some people feel that way. They feel like they outgrow their names at some point. But yeah, what is it a name, right? It, well, a lot, if you think about it. You know, I mean, Blade defines you. Or does it just define what other people see as well? It's defining how do you feel about yourself. Well, I mean, there used to be a lot of different traditions around just a lot of taking terms. True. Different names of writers, stage name, anything along those lines. So, You know, I love your analytical mind. I do. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you, tonight we're here, we're with our studio audience. We have some lovely guests out here that you've brought tonight. Yes, I did. They're here in your support. Yeah, I do seem to travel with an entourage. You always travel with an entourage. In fact, he's I, kind of a big deal. His name is. <laughs> I know he is. In fact, I was telling John the first night that I met you, you were out. I had this lovely leather, like outdoor sofa, and you're out there, and you're sitting in the middle, and you had a bitch on your right, a bitch on your left. You had some hot little guy rubbing your back. You had another guy down here worshiping your feet. I'm like, this is the fucking map daddy of pimps. Like, who is this man? Is he in the mob? And you were, in fact, wearing a white suit that night, a three-piece suit, and you were fucking smoking a cigar. Well. (laughs) I think you're blushing. Am I? You are well, blushing. If what I am one thing, and I think that's blessed by Lord Bacchus. Okay. If uh, if there is one thing that uh, I've always been gifted with, it's finding Bacchanalia wherever I am. Okay. Uh, I always seem to attract a certain degree of debauchery. You do. That's why we're friends. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's about as good a basis for any friendship as any other I've had. Absolutely. So tell us, who is Blade? Hmm. Uh, which one? Because there's a lot of different ones. Whoever, whoever you want us to be right. and whoever you want us to know tonight. I'm a, a chef. I, uh, or the former chef. Uh, I, I suppose I'm a dandy. Dress like 
I am growing disattached to labels recently. Okay. I... Labels sometimes put a little stigma on things, doesn't they? Maybe. I should say. You know, I think labels are how we organize ourselves, we organize society, it's how we view ourselves in others' eyes. But in, they're entirely true, and they're entirely necessary. But if I just sat here and listed off a book full of adjectives about who I am, where I've been, what I've done, what I haven't done, and, you know, the kind of bullshit that I'm selling, then... You know, that's just any other podcast, I guess. Well, I don't think we're like any other podcast, especially if we have you as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> right. The comments we get from our viewers is like, y'all suck. <laughs> you we, laugh too much. We had one. We <laughs> okay. had the one comment. Fine. John's hold on to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little butthurt. He's holding on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get a hold of that guy. I'm going to get my whip out. <laughs> But tell us, how how did you get into the lifestyle? You have you always been kinky? Pretty much. I uh, my one of my first memories is in a strip club dress room. Oh, nice. Uh, and you know, this is the early nineties, so it's just yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm sure my mind is covered in some other way, but it was just the the baby free baiting babysitting service at the time. Um, so whether that's influenced me or not, it's, I mean, I guess it's. Hard to say it hasn't. Was your mother a dancer? She was. Uh, for years. Uh, we actually worked together at a club. Well, that's a small practice. Popped out. Uh, but um, the first time I was ever in trouble in school was in elementary school for kissing a boy. And just. Later on throughout my life, I always knew I, always knew I was weird. I, I, I have thought a lot about why, and I can give you a million answers. Um, maybe they're all true. Maybe none of them are true. Maybe it's just born this way, like our uh, Lord and Savior, Lady Gaga, had said. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You say you said you're weird. So, to me, that's relative because. Mm-hmm. I like people on fire, and I think it's great. So that makes me weird. She shits on people. Well, I don't think weird's a bad word at all. <laughs> you know the original form of weird? I, I, I can't get over it. You shit on I people. I do other things. We're, we're besties. It's okay. We I know what you do. Feet. Yes. You know, like uh, just something that happened, uh, predestined or to be. Obviously, it has different connotations now. Right. I but think we talk to people so much, and it's like, we're not the weird ones. We're the normal ones. We just admit, yeah, to the outside world that this is the way we are. Yeah, no, a lot of people hide right. that, and it, it just tears them up. So it's really freeing to, or a lot of them aren't aware, right? I, I've certainly always been aware. I uh, my my first job, I was a bouncer when I was sixteen at a swingers club. I lied about my age to get the job. Um, and they found out when I was 19, and they, you know, kicked me out to back. You know, got paid under the table in cash, so it didn't matter. I had a beard, so. Uh, I've always been around it, and I've always had somewhat of an academic. 
Where did you grow up? A little bit everywhere. I bounced around a lot, different different family members. I, I've spent most of my life here. Uh, I throughout my life I've identified with different parts of where I grew up, and I still do because I develop certain traits of myself and certain parts of me there. You know, it's like like I was chopped to pieces and had to find different ones in different places. Um, a little bit of here, a little bit all over the South. New Orleans, New York, Birmingham, a small town nowhere north of Birmingham that didn't have a Walmart until I think a few years ago. That's an interesting analogy, though. Chopped up pieces of yourself. <laughs> I guess I've just always been looking for things to make me feel. Maybe there's some sort of trauma there. I don't know. I just uh, I always my, I, I say my feet get itchy. I just want to go somewhere new and see something different. I love getting lost. I mean, just last night we um, just went for a drive to down a whole bunch of roads in town I've never been to. Just to just to go see what was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think that there's a lot of that in our myths. Not that I want to compare myself to logical figures, but we see that as a story repeated. That they lose a part of themselves and have to go on some quest to recover it. Be that like a movie of just somebody loses somebody close to them, which maybe this is what we see today, but. You know, you go back in older mythology of uh, Dionysus being chopped up, or uh, I can't call the Egyptian deity who was also chopped up. The, the, the different deities of death and rebirth, and uh, you know, I think it's something we exhibit today with the sort of born again theology that we live in in modern America. So I think it's a, I think it's a pretty apt metaphor because I think it's something we all fundamentally feel, whether or not we're aware of it all hate ourselves or hate our old selves at least to kill that version and move on to the new version all become different versions we level up or we sin grow uh, climbing out of Plato's cave hmm. that's a good way to look at it I know we do this this therapeutic bondage session with people. We wrap them up in plastic. And after we've, you know, done all these things in that span of time that we're with them, you know, whether it's, you know, talking to them, playing this, this mind fuck with them, you know, we're torturing them. These are all things I wanted. But at the, the grand scheme of things, that at the very end, we take and cut it right up to the center line with all the plastic that's been, you know, binding them this entire time, and they're sweating their ass off. <laughs> and then as we cut it open, it's like they come out of a cocoon. Yeah. And I always say, so you turn them from a worm into a butterfly. That's right. And I always tell them, you're my butterfly now. I think there's a whole lot of different paths to the same answer. That's true. And we all need to walk a different version of it based upon our own capability to understand it. But I think it's all the same destination. Just some people need to, to 
take a more jagged path. Maybe. True. True. Sometimes you have to really go through the things you do to appreciate what you have. Yeah. Question you are. But maybe that's what like impact is about. Maybe. So. Or maybe that's what it's about to me. Maybe to certain people. The ability to know you can take it or the satisfaction of knowing that you can withstand anything. Yeah. If I can let a little lady hit me with a baseball bat, I can wake up <laughs> without wanting to kill my mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've done some scenes. So tell us, Blade, what has been in this journey? You have you've come out as bisexual. Mm-hmm. You're currently involved in a relationship. Um, what have some of your sexual experiences at this point have you, you know, involved yourself in, whether it's BDSM or, or something kinky that you want to tell our audience about? So um, uh, I used to really like the word bisexual because I, I thought for a long time that I like different things in different genders. Sure. Um, and I specifically avoided the label. Sexual. I am coming around. Um, and that's just after a few conversations with other friends that, you know, just made it clear that that was speaking in a uh, binary culture, right? You know, word, word choice matters. I'm, I'm trying to, to, to pick the more appropriate words. Uh, but, but yeah, uh, <coughs> Not to go off on a no, no. grandstanding rant about morality and <laughs> word choice, um, but you know, more recently, my—I uh, really don't want to talk about a whole lot of my, my past. You know, I, I've had a lot of great sex, but I think at the time I was—I don't want to celebrate the good times of a worse version. Uh, even though I think that that's somewhat appropriate. Um. And plenty of those were formative experiences that I, I, I would talk about, but I will talk about. Um, I just don't think that, that reminiscing is, you know, about uh, nuts I busted is quite. <laughs> um, but I, I just don't think it's going to be very entertaining. Okay. Uh, because it's you know, a, a lot of, it's a little bit of really great and a lot of me. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the, the really it's the friends I've made I think in this community because that's what it has become to me as a community and like any community there's dramas there's fights there's cliques and circles it's you know it's oh, yeah. it's a bigger high school with people that like to be each other absolutely um, and you know and, and whoever is sneaking off with whoever after gym class and and uh, uh, my old sous chef once told me that uh, life was high school, and uh, that basically you have childhood, and then you get high school, and when you go to college, that's college, and then when you go leave college, it's high school. Again. And uh, I have fought that analogy for so long because I didn't want to believe it, but it, it really is. Just especially when you get older and the circles get smaller, you know. But it's. We just go to different places. We may or may not keep contact. 
who you sit with at lunch. There's always gossip. It's it's basically the same thing. <laughs> Microcosm and macrocosm. Uh, and I don't really know what my kinks say about. You know, I don't know what uh, I I like to peg, spit on. I like to I like to turn women into furniture. What is that's what does it mean? Or why uh, maybe that's not really the right question. That's not really what I'm asking. But again, it's just listing off attributes. <laughs> a lot of things I know why I like, a lot of them I don't. I, uh, I think that there's something to be said about the Madonna core complex. About having a tendency to put some people on a pedestal of purity and some people classed as you know, sluts. I think that's something that's really pervasive. A lot of jerk thoughts, in, I mean, certainly in myself, probably in a lot of other people, in the very I mean, in the South, basically. It's just how it is here. <laughs> the good old South. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure what going with it. It's okay. So, you talked about a little bit about getting beat with a baseball bat, being spit on, and all these things. You know, normal. Normal to us. <laughs> not, <laughs> no, not normal behavior. Okay, normal okay. to us. Pretty vanilla for the not vanilla one. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is it that you find that BDSM does for you? What, what Are you finding those pieces of you through BDSM? You said you were chopped up in pieces. Mm. Are you finding yourself through that path? Or is it just is it something that's very cathartic for you, that's therapeutic? I think it's all of those things. You know, I think we have... In day-to-day conversation, we have the distinction between having sex or making love, right? Um, and you know, in BDSM, it's a whole other thing. We have all these other different words. Um, <clears throat> and in some ways, it's very cathartic to bust a harder nut than you would normally bust. You know, it's just I, I get enough of a enough of a rush of whatever hormones. Apparently, it's not dopamine. It's some medical journal or whatever that just came out. So. Um, I, it just uh, it's a grounding experience maybe you I find that it connects it. you with the other person absolutely yeah I because um, sex like you said sex is you know I mean, yours, it's sex is sex but when you do something like this and you really become intimate in the experience you're doing things that you wouldn't normally do with other person mm-hmm. and be, this, you find that that becomes intimate I mean, I think it's a magical experience. Yeah. And I mean that in the real way of it being magical in the sense of it just being tied to a, a different level of phenomenon. It's um, a deeper level of bonding. It's, it's not always, certainly. Right. You know, sometimes a nuts and that. Um, but sometimes it's a cash, which isn't it? It's <laughs> <laughs> a better <laughs> It's a magical night. <laughs> or you get your walnut tickled when you get pegged. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, 
Or were we? Oh, connecting with people. Mm, right. Right. So... I'm still thinking about pegging, but, you know... <laughs> She is. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm dirty. Go ahead. But you were talking about connecting with people. Yeah. And- so I'm thinking about that in the sense of a lot of different things. So there's like the kundalini yogic sort of expression of the the connection of the different levels of your chakras or whatever that align in just the way to where you manifest solar, lunar, and planar energy, or I don't know, some Aleister Crowley shit. But, um, it, which, I, I don't call it shit to dismiss it. No, I don't think there's no. plenty of value in it. I mean, that, uh, boy, did that guy like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that, that so uh, I, I went to school for anthropology. I had a lot of interest in that from my own, uh, at the time I would have called pagan spirituality. I now prefer the term animist, uh, because I think you know, pagan comes from a something background, right? I mean, it's basically country pumpkins. Um, animist, I think, I think pagans where people know better. Um, the, you know, sort of the weave that surrounds us, right? I think we encounter that. Part of that is through sex, and I think that intention matters a lot, right? When you talk to groups that believe in magic, be that Wiccans or be that tribal people in Brazil, a lot of times they talk about the intent. See these groups that do you know, they'll use plastic jugs or they'll use, you know, modern Western utensils and equipment because it's what they have available, right? It doesn't have to be this handmade artifact to be magical or important or useful and ritual, right? And I think that's fundamentally what BDSM is about, is ritual. Um, it, is, it is putting layers on to a sexual thing. Whether or not it may involve sex, you know, it's still... Absolutely relevant. Um, and I think that uh, well, I mean, anybody in here who's you know, had a spectacular head can attest to the magic of a good orgasm. And I think that being aware of the strength of that you know, uh, sensation, the energy, the dopamine rush, the, the whatever it is, that's magical. And I say it since we may not understand it, but um, like walking in circles or, you know, with your, you know, I cook. So, and for me, I think cooking is a healing. I, I, I deliver food to my friends if they're sick or if they're just hungry. You know, if it doesn't, if, if my pantry is full, then you have a point. And, uh, you know, always stirring clockwise, right? Like, that's a very sort of pagan thing, right? Of uh, walking in clockwise circles and, and spirits manifesting as you walk in circles. These are things that you see in 
early Christian theology that existed in pre-Christian theology for long before, and that in some places still survives, dancing around the maple. Not to sidetrack myself in circles, but um, you know, I honestly think food is a pretty sensual thing, something you consume. And I think, in some ways, when you have certain kinds of sex with people, it's a very consumptive act. Whether or not that involve dulcet, uh, <laughs> right, is still certainly a uh, an ephemeral act, and like like food goes away once you've had it. You know, you can remember it, but it's not the same experience. And I think that's part of what makes it magical, is putting that, that energy into the universe that you can put into yourself or whatever. You, you are the universe. Whatever heavy bullshit's going to make somebody see the picture that everybody's trying to paint. And I think I definitely arrived at that because of, in a lot of ways, kink. But I think it's in general because I just love people. That's really why I come. I love talking to all sorts of strangers. I was, I've never, you know, I guess I never got to talk as a kid. But talk to strangers. Okay. <laughs> well, fuck, if they can't, maybe it'll be better. So, wow. um, well, you are magnetic. You realize that. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. Good. Because you are magnetic. You have this light, this persona about you that is, is, has so much charisma. I mean, you're, you're so charismatic with everyone. You're a joy to be around. I've, I'm thrilled to have known you, honestly. Thank you. I am. I'm very happy we met. I know. Maybe we met too. I, uh, we met at a very strange time in my life. At the time I was transitioning from cooking to trying to sell my soul to Wall Street financial career. Or so I was deluded into believing by the financial industry. But, um, I'm really glad I've kept coming here. I'm really glad I've all made some questions about it. It's amazing, right? Yeah. Really, and it's just mostly just sitting out by the pool, smoking a cigar, waiting for some stranger to be confused and not sure who to talk to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's kind well, of an intimidating place to be. So you, you, you talked about when you were young, you were in the strip clubs and everything, and you grew up around sex and sexuality. So you, you're very comfortable around it. Mm-hmm. And people come to the party, and a lot of times they're not. It's the first time they've ever come to a party. They, yeah. they haven't been around it. You have this, this energy about it, this calmness and peace, because it's just, you're not lost in this world. You're, you're able to navigate it in a way that other people can't. So. See, I think in a lot of ways, I a lot of that was, was negative on me for a long time, because it, it, in some ways, a lot of things that were very not normal normalized to me. Right. You know, I mean, it's a strip club is not the place you go to meet. Right. You know, um, it's not the place you go to meet people. Right. Unless it's, I guess, a party or something. But, um, that being said, I've actually, some of my best friends are strippers. Um, I got a few stripper stories outside of you. Remind me later. Um, I guess I'll have to think of some good names. Although they already have pseudonyms, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, it's an industry rife with toxic masculinity practices that certainly, again, that's why I say I don't want to reminisce about the right. great sex I had as the worst version of myself. But simultaneously, it's also through that same venue that I learned a lot of empathy. I learned to talk about. You know, in, in some ways, a lot of my excitement about these things when I was younger certainly a negative thing to write. People have ADHD, so I just tend to dump on people if they ask me enough questions. Um, or maybe just the right one. Um, I really like putting people at ease. That's why I like cooking for people. That's why I like a lot of the things. I don't... You know, I, I'm, I'm certainly a switchy person. I, I like to serve. I like to make people happy. You know, I, I live for when someone takes a bite of something I make and that smile they get or something when it's exactly what they wanted. It's just the best fuel. So now, I know you're not into labels. Mm -hmm. But, you know, under certain terms that we would think... I, I think labels are perfectly acceptable. I just think that they're... It's important to realize that they're... They have limitations. Yeah. yeah. They do. And I, I certainly don't want to put, you know, that, you know, upon somebody, but I'm just asking a question in a sense. So do you find that maybe it's more or less like a service set related type persona that you have in, in that sense? I, I really think I'm like the devil on people's shoulder because I just love dragging people. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Exhibit A, B, C, D, E, F, G. <laughs> I, uh, I don't Are you know, apologizing I'm, to, yeah. to them later? Like, He's like, so we're just going to go into my friend's house. Oh, yeah, she <laughs> has a dungeon, and we're going to do a podcast. Oh, no, no they, they knew what they were getting into. Because <laughs> I asked your friends over there earlier, I'm like, well, surely, you know, Blade has told you about us. Well, yeah, not, not too much. I'm like, well, we Come just reconnected on, like that. <laughs> they walk in, there's chains know? hanging from the walls, there's gas masks yeah, and dildos in the cabinet. I haven't cabinets. spoken to her in like 13 years. Holy shit. No, no, not that long. Uh, at least 11? 11 years? Wow. But, you know, we played pool and now we're friends with us. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, That's awesome. I bring all my friends to the dungeon too. It's cool. Well, you know, if you're not going to come to the dungeon with me, then why do you want to be my friend? Exactly. And the thing is, I have so many friends, and so many of them know that, and yet, still my friends. <laughs> Whether or not they come with me. So, to anybody who is, you know, scared of being who you are, don't be. Exactly. <laughs> like, just... And that's, that's what the, I'm saying before. The more you own it, the more they'll accept it. Right. The that's more scared of it you are, the more when, unaccepting they will be. We're the normal ones. We're just admitting... Who we are, where a lot of people hide from That's themselves. Advice, yeah, but people <laughs> people do hide from themselves, and they're miserable. Oh, they're miserable in their life. One DP. So to be able to just be, this is who I am, just really freeing. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm very blessed to more or less have always had that. You know, at the cost of also not knowing. I, I've I've always known this, but right. you know, and I've always been, I guess, searching for the other parts. Right. But uh, well, we're always evolving. Yeah, we're always finding more. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I met you, it's been, what, four or five years ago? Yeah, at least five. Yeah, at least, yeah. right? Yeah. So, 
you know, even then, like I said, you've, you've always made this presence about yourself. And like you said, there's always entourage. People always want to be around you. You know, there's some light in you that just everybody's drawn to. We're like your fireflies, you know? <laughs> no. No. No, that's me. <laughs> no, that's John. That, let's not even use a derogatory term to describe you. We'll pick John at that, since he's still talking about me shitting on people. <laughs> he doesn't talk about me flogging them, you know, being, you know, cock caging, holding nothing, key holder, nothing. Listen, really? flogging people want to know baseball bats, and then there's yeah. <laughs> people tune in for the shit. That's but- what they're for. And for me to say, yay, me, we love. <laughs> but, you know, you've made this connection with people, you know, since I've met you, I know you've, you've met so many people and people, like I said, are just naturally drawn to you. But the question is, you, you were saying earlier, it's, that was your, your worst version of yourself. Why do you feel that way? Mm. Deeper in the cave. The Cave of Wonders? No, no, Kratos <laughs> Cave. Uh, so, like, uh, it, you know, when you're when you're young, you think you get it, but you don't get it, and and then and then you realize, oh, I'm a fucking idiot, and then you get it, and then you realize, oh no, still an idiot, and then you get it, and then eventually, at least at the current stage I'm at, I've realized I'm just an idiot. Oh, okay. I, I finally know enough to realize I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't know. Okay. I don't know anything, and okay. it's kind of free. Okay. <laughs> right? People ask me all the time. Holy fucker, no. I just, I just do whatever. I mean, look, I, I can bullshit and mansplain and talk as confidently as, yeah, probably on anything, if you give me enough time. But we only do an hour shit long show, I mean. <laughs> but do you think that you're just saying that typically because. You know, every day is a monotony for a lot of people. So do you feel like maybe, you know, things have just been monotonous? Maybe you you look back and, and reflect on things. And, I mean, I, I don't think you're a stupid man. I don't think calling yourself an idiot by any means is something that describes you. I think you're you're intelligent. I think you're personable. Well, I, I, didn't, mean, just you know, learning. I didn't mean to just well, come I'm here sorry, and, and self-disparage myself just for, for compliments. I just... Um, I, I, you know, I think idiot in some ways is a compliment because it's just it. I, I'm, I'm happy to admit that I don't. Okay. Um, because I used to think it was important to know. And it was not to, only to know, but to understand, right? So I, that's why I got so obsessed with going to school. In a lot of ways, I got obsessed with BDSM because, you know, I had an interest in one thing. And then it became, which I think is probably a relatable experience for a lot of people. You know, you, you search up the porn, you like, you see related videos, and you're like, Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, I do like that. Tickles <laughs> uh, your pickle. Yeah, it really does. Um, I think, you know, when you say that, when you talk about not, you know, getting all horned up on porn, but I think when you talk about realizing that you don't know everything, I think maybe, do you think, you know, with our generation of young children, and I hope I don't offend anyone else in this room that's, you know, in their early 20s, um, because I'm an old crone now at this point. But I think there's like an air 
of this new age and people where it's like this era of entitlement, you know, and like there's this era of knowledge and, you know, people know so much, you know, holier than thou kind of thing. Like you don't all these things anybody. that were secret. Yes. Just out there. Yes. And so now you're like, I'm not all knowing about that. You know, maybe you've just grown. <laughs> I mean, I certainly hope so. Yeah. yeah. I think sometimes when we're young, our ego gets in the way. And we think we know certain things, which makes us right. And we have to be right. You know, and then when we find out that we don't know, it makes us really free to explore new things. Because, oh, I don't know everything. I'm going to go learn as much as I can. And we, we explore. Yeah, and that's the fun part in life is when you, when you finally get to go on the adventure of life. Yeah. 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 See you know, what he said. I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but, you know, I think ego is important. You say ego can get in the way, and it's 100% true. Yeah, I think I used to be a very egotistical person. Um, but I also feel like I had to construct that uh, because I used to be a very shy, introverted kid. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to go home and play video games, watch porn, jerk off. Uh, that's, that's what I still do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like had to build a fake ego. You know, I, I gaslit myself. I, I did uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Last time, and you know, my, my dad was obsessed with this movie and book called The Secret. And you know, I only saw my dad twice a year, so if he liked to think, I liked to think. Uh, <laughs> and the uh, and you know, it's all about manifesting your will or whatever. Which um, I. I mean, I think it's largely hooked up pseudoscience. While relevant to the things in spirituality that I do have to believe, I, I think it's largely mic-mindfulness. You know, capitalism getting its claws in you know, environmentalist and, and Buddhist and pagan theology. <laughs> oh, ego. Ego. Um, so I would like put little sticky notes every morning of like, you know, you're confident. You can talk to me. Every yeah. day. You know, brush, I would wake up. I'm confident I can talk to people. Brush my teeth. I'm confident I can talk to people. You know, um, so on and so forth. That's when I started wearing suits. Right? And, and, and I started doing it as like a sort of an experiment just because I had, I had two suits when I was younger. As a persona to make it okay to step outside your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I even said earlier when I got here, I put on my suit because I was wearing battle armor. Clothes are just a tool. Use that tool to express something about yourself, to hide something about yourself, to cover up something, to accentuate something, to build confidence, so on and so forth. And uh, I mean, clothes definitely do that. You know, I, when I was younger, I heard the term clothes make the man, and I certainly took that. Well, you're certainly always distinguished, but that's your persona. That's you know, to me, you're a distinguishing person. I think that you're an exceptional person. I do. <laughs> I was going to come here for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, that's exactly why we did this interview. Because I told John, I said, you know, Blade has always been that type of person that has really stuck out to me. You know, with you know the hundreds of people that I've met that's come to the parties over the years. In different events, you know, and you're always one of those people that are 
welcoming, acceptable, and you know, accepting. Well, I don't judge anybody for anything. Exactly. Exactly. As do myself and John. You know? I, I used to think that, I mean, because in my family, if yeah. you like something, everybody made fun of you for it, no matter what it was. Like, oh, you like cooking? You little fag. Oh, you like playing Legend of Zelda? You little fag. You know, wow. so it's just, uh, and, and that definitely rubbed off on me when I was younger. Wow. Of like, if you want to be friends with somebody, you've got to rip into right? They got to rip into you. It's not part of the thing. Um, and I think that certainly is a dynamic that exists for certain people. Something you have with somebody. Um, but uh, I just don't think it's the way to be. At least not if you want to, uh, well, just be like you think I am. Or like I am. Um, the world is hard enough. You know, why tear someone down? Yeah. It's like, oh, I love when my balls get stepped on. Oh, cool, buddy. I love it when I get spit on. <laughs> yeah. Woo! <laughs> Let's spit on Blade tonight, because I love to spit on people, just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I like it when people choke me till I pass it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's cool. I'm in. <laughs> um. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's just like, oh, yeah, happy thoughts. I know, they're just like, great oh, thoughts. Think about yeah. choked. I love to choke people. Thoughts oh. about thoughts. Right? Well, you know, I- I'm glad you came on. I'm glad you came to talk with us because, you know, to me, you know, I host the events. I, I meet people. John, we do this together because we want people to feel free. We want people to, to be themselves, you know. And you don't have to be anything other than who you want to be, you know? Yeah. I think in a lot of ways your party is like a kinky come. Come as you are. Use what we have. Just clean it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm cool with that. Yeah. And I think that's a really valuable thing. You know, as we mentioned earlier, like any community, like any high school, all these cliques and groups and whatnot. I do my best to stay out of it. Though, uh, <clears throat> the amount of just open acceptance I've always felt. It's just, okay. uh, I, I, this is why I always recommend it. You know, okay. e- even if you, I, I feel like you got to try to have a bad time. And, and, you know, that's probably not fair. It's a kink community. It's certainly easy to have a bad time. Um, <laughs> And maybe that's just me speaking from a, a privileged, male-centric perspective. But, uh, and what a problem. Right. Every time. Thank you. And I think I think the secret to that, and you exemplify this perfectly, is the attitude you bring in when you Absolutely. come to the party. Absolutely. You know, you know having preloaded people on your list of you know, basically staff or yeah. whatever, it really goes a long way because you know that those people are going to act the right way to me. Um, and I'm certain you will. But, but you know, the, the guests make the party. Yeah, you know? they really do. They really do. They, they the set the stage. The band? Yeah. They, they know, awesome. which, which one was it? Uh, Running the, with Scissors? No. Something like Bangarang bang, bang, Peter. Oh, Bangarang oh, Peter. God. Oh, my God. They're yeah, amazing. The, yeah, yeah, the band got up there and did the. Yes, that was uh, the, with the t-shirt fuck, contest. Fucking yeah. Yeah. Wine we were music. standing naked next to each other. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because they dressed up like the stepbrothers. Huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought that ago. was the most recent part. Um, that was last year's fucking oh, head tunnel no, mixer. Same theme, different year. Yeah. I should specify. I I I have basically technophobia. I don't touch the computer. Yeah. I have, I literally have not been off that. I uh, I don't look at the. I just get a text. <laughs> exactly why I text you. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, next Saturday is going to be a badass party. Oh, is there? Yes. Motherfucker. Barbie and Ken's Playhouse. Yeah, next oh. Saturday. I'm, I'm working on a fire show right now. I need more pink. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so we're plugging the party on our podcast. We're fucking plugging the party. No, plug and we always need you to come. Of course. Yes. Okay, well, as long as I'm available, I'll always come. I, I, I know, come but several Blade, times a day. Blade's our, spe- <laughs> Blade's our special guest. <laughs> Wait, we don't need to hear about John's orgasms. No. 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 We're here to talk about Blade's today. Yes, we are. <laughs> You're <in a> couple. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for coming and talking with of us. Course. Yeah. I, uh, I've wanted to come here for a long time. Yeah. It's never seems to Life happens. It's crazy. That it fucking does. Yeah, it's there's always something that comes up. But hey, we conquered it tonight. Yeah, we did. We did. All right. Well, thank you. We're going to say goodbye. So until next time, make all your making life your bitch fantasies become realities. <laughs> <laughs>